Blog Talk Radio. Services, the men and women, the first responders, the doctors, the nurses, 
especially the auxiliary people that are cleaning up the hospitals, trying to contain the, the COVID uh, pandemic. And also Bob's favorite people, um, the people who kept us alive all these, these days through this pandemic, people in the, the uh, markets, the supermarkets. Uh, tonight's a very special night. Um, as, as everyone has known, as everybody has seen it uh, today, uh, everybody is paying tribute to the 2,978 people that lost their lives in New York City on today. Um, one of those people was a, a priest. His name was uh, 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 Terry Judd. He's an Irish priest came over to, from Ireland um, a few years back, and uh, he uh, loved the fire department. His, he, his family was in the fire department over in, in Donegal. So he went to the Cuban Fire Commissioner in the city of, Philadelphia, uh, city of uh, New York, and he asked if he could be the, the Catholic chaplain for a division. And they granted him that, that and they had gave him a uniform. And uh, the morning of the attack, he happened to be sitting in the engine eight and truck eight. I'm sorry, engine 10, truck 10, which was right at the corner of the building of the original towers. Uh, they were the first responders to, to get out of their house, but they couldn't get out with the with their equipment because the, the building had just was destructing in front of them, and everything came down on their on the streets, so they weren't able to do it. He was able to put his bunker gear on, go inside. Actually, he was uh, listed as victim number one because he was uh, administering last rites to a firefighter. Um, the ceiling fell in and uh, he was crushed to death. Um, so we want to, uh, we want to uh, especially point him out. But for all those who lost anyone in that tragedy or anyone who lost anyone after that tragedy because of all the problems and with uh, the cancers and things that arose from it, we really, really appreciate you. We appreciate that. Uh, one of the persons that uh, is on our staff uh, was at a, a medical meeting in uh, Jersey City, uh, Dr. Ron Repesey, uh, when that hit. And Ron and all the other physicians uh, hopped in cars and went to the, the nearest uh, hospitals, the triage hospitals, and uh, helped uh, the, the survivors. Um, so we want to make sure everybody knows that uh, also. Um, but uh, other than that, it's been a, we were off for two weeks, uh, the, uh, our uh, Western correspondent was uh, under the weather. Um, we weren't able to be on that week, and then last week we had a personal thing that uh, we had to close up. So uh, we want to welcome back the whole full staff, Ty, uh, Tony, Bob, uh, and Zito will not be with us tonight. He's working, but uh, he's with us uh, on our minds, and uh, he's always uh, always there, always has the great uh, responses. Um so let's get into tonight's uh, programming. Uh, Bob, you want to talk about uh, Vegas 28? Bob, you want to talk about Vegas? Oh, yeah. Sorry, I didn't know. You're hard to hear, brother. I apologize. Okay. Um, yeah, Vegas 28. Uh Oh, I'm on the wrong mouse here. I got two computers going. Um, coming up, uh, you talking 268? 
or right. Friday night. Okay, yeah. So UFC 268 coming up is going to be an action-packed. Uh, they're putting all kinds of people on that card. Um, that won't be until, uh, I think, November. But headlining that will be uh, Carmen Usman uh, against Colby Covington, which will be great. Uh, Covington's got another shot at Usman. I, I hope uh, Usman just destroys him again. Uh, on the side note of that, Covington has been talking a lot of uh, crap about Poirier, but they're in different weight divisions. Uh, so, you know, that will probably never happen. Um, Covington would have to drop a lot of weight. I don't, there's no reason for Poirier to go up, I don't believe, or, or vice versa. I'm sorry. And then uh, you have on that 268. Oh, go ahead, Josh. I didn't say anything, sir. I was listening. Oh, okay, and then uh, and then co-main event is going to be Rose Nanamunez against Wheelie Zhang. It's going to be freaking amazing. Um, and then my boy Justin Gagey finally going to get a shot at Michael Chandler. Chandler losing to Oliveira. Uh, uh, Gagey finally going to get a shot. Gagey hasn't fought since he has lost against Khabib, so I'm glad he's getting back in the ring. Hopefully he's not having too much ring uh, ring rust. Um, but that, that, that card will just be amazing. Sean Strickland versus Luke Rockhold, Frankie Edgar versus Marlon Vera. Uh, so there, there, there will just be tons of, of uh, amazing fights and they're putting it over at, at Madison square garden. So if there's any reason to go downtown, uh, New York city, uh, go hit up that fight. That'll be amazing. It's a tremendous card. Completely stacked, completely, completely. stacked card. Completely. I mean, it, it's. I mean, Alo Quintes on the preliminary card. I mean, it, you know, it, Bobby Green. I mean, there's just I, they don't they don't make a whole lot of cards like that very often. So that's I'm going glad. To be a, that's going to be a pretty fun fight too. Bobby Green against Ally Um that, that 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 whole card will be stacked. I mean, they, they've got a lot of cool stuff coming on. But but again, yeah. you know, we're shooting way way ahead into uh, uh, November there. Um, you know, we've been off for the last couple of weeks. I was I, I missed a week. I apologize for our fans. Um, but a uh, couple of good fights coming up. So we're, we're due for another big big card like that. So uh, I'm very much looking forward to it. You said Chandler was fighting who, Gee? Justin Gagey. Gagey. Oh. Yeah, Justin Gagey, yeah. Gagey. Yeah, Gagey's been out since his loss against Khabib, and they just kind of been – I mean, that whole division, we've talked about it previously, is – kind of messed up because they kept passing over Gagey because Conor McGregor was bouncing around. They were giving Poirier all the money fights. Uh, Poirier, I mean, if, if we're talking them, you know, I mean, uh, again, he's the, the high-dollar guy, so of course Colby Covington's going to open his smart mouth and try to, you know, get a piece of that pie. Colby Covington's <laughs> doing everything he can to smack talk in any direction, any weight class, just to try to get fights. But, you know, rumor has it, if Poirier does come back for a money fight, it'll be against Nate Diaz, which I'd like to see that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they were so that fight before. Yeah. But, you know, Covington just won't shut his mouth, so I hope hope, uh, Carmen Usman puts his hands in it. Mm -hmm. Bob, what do you think if Misha Tate uh, has a fight with uh, Caitlin Vance? I'm sorry. Yeah, I, Misha Tate's one of my favorites. Uh, comes out of Washington State originally. Um, you know, I'll always pick her, even if the odds are stacked against her. I really liked her career. Appreciate the fact that she took time off, popped out some kids, and came back uh, uh, just as good as ever. So 
her comeback fight, the only part I feel bad, and I and I empathize with with this greatly. You know, no matter though she even was the challenger, and and uh, you know the other girl ended up retiring. Um, um, all all the money Misha Tate won from her purse was spent in her training camp just to get mm-hmm. the best training camp possible. You, you know, and it's like you know again I've, I've talked about we've talked about before boxing money versus MMA money. You know, all our fans got to realize these pros are are breaking their bank just to have good training camps. It's not like they're living the lap of luxury. I mean, she was a top contender and a champion there for a while. Um, You know, talking about other female champions, we got news about that, but I'll I'll wait a second. Um, Yeah, so just just remember, I mean, this, you know, stay in school, kids. You know, get do this as a hobby. (laughs) Okay. Didn't one of the uh, the female fighters pass away this week? I, I did not hear about that. I mean, it could have been a little bit back, but I thought what I saw it was a female, week, yeah, it, a female a female boxer passed away this week. Yeah, she uh, took she, a shot. Was, I think it's some brain damage or something. Yeah, they, she had they had to induce a coma, and she uh, she eventually died of her injuries uh, during that oh. fight. She was knocked out. Yeah, so that happened. Uh, I think she passed away Monday. Wow. Yeah, the last MMA uh, female death was in 2019, so could have been that, but we do does not know. Count, does that count by uh, uh, death by exposure count? Uh, we have to have a a lady uh, fighter that. Uh, she seemed not to be worried about uh, some pic- pictures that are out on the uh, internet. Oh, Jessica Andrade in the nude pictures. <laughs> yeah, yeah, making making her uh, fast little coin over on uh, pages, fan only pages, fans. Some, yeah, only, only fans, only fans, fans yeah. only, something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, she actually said, "Yeah, that paid that paid off her mortgage and, and her car and everything." And you, <laughs> you know, Jessica Andrade Andrade's a former flyweight champion. And yeah. she's making more money on OnlyFans than she, again, it speaks of fighter pay. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, whether she wanted to do that for society income or, or anything, that's her, her, you know, that's her business. However, the fact that she's making more money, and, and make no mistake, you know, and I'm not one to judge anybody. I'll let Bob do that. But Jessica Andrade, <laughs> when you talk about female fighters, she's not necessarily the one who's nude you'll run and want to go see. Jessica Andrade is. She looks very much like a guy, um, and it's. It, I mean, she does. You know, she's. She's. She. That's just the way she looks. Um, Let's and, not offend that. Some of our listeners are into that. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah, yeah. But she, you know, she is. A, she. She. she she's a proud, open. She's a proud, open butch lesbian, and, and she looks like a butch lesbian who's an athlete. Um, and you know, again, not to be smirch her, but just. You know the, you know she's not Paige Van Zandt per se, so the fact that you know these fighters can make so much more money on social media than they can fighting to, to me is ludicrous, especially world class championship caliber fighters. This is not somebody who's just starting out. She is the only woman in UFC history to have a win in all three weight classes. Wow, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, that uh, 
I, I read that with it with tongue in cheek, and uh, I, I knew I had to bring that up tonight because I um, the that would that just falls into uh, what's fake, what's not, and that would be now. I, I know the reaction we're going to get because Bob loves this fighter. Uh, his name is uh, Jake Paul. He's a Bob. Oh, my favorite. <laughs> Knockout artist. <laughs> Such a class act, too, that guy. I mean, sure. if you talk about a role model, you know what I mean? <laughs> Someone that I want to be, you know, uh, talented, you know, ooh, that guy. Mm-hmm. You know, dapper, good-looking, ooh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hey, uh, what do you think of uh, uh, February uh, 9th? We have uh, 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 sorry, Fury and Wild. What's your thoughts on that one? Well, you know, I think that the, the delay, the delays, I should say, probably have done Wilder good. Um, just because from a technical standpoint, you know, he, there's more, you know, he's the guy who lost first of all, so you need time to get over that beating from a you know, psychological standpoint. But even from a, you know, a technical, skillful standpoint, Fury is the far superior boxer. So the, the, the more time in between the fights, so the time that Wilder has has given him more time to sharpen what tools he brings to the table. With that said, I still see a very similar outcome as to the second fight with Fury winning, but I think it's a more dangerous fight with the delay they've had because of Fury's team uh, getting COVID and the lawsuit and this, that, and the third. I think mm-hmm. it's a more fruitful delay for Wilder. With Fury, when Fury's not fighting, you have to worry about his conditioning. You have to worry about his mental health. Um, Fury is better when he's in the ring sharp. So the delay definitely benefits Wilder, though I do, still see a Fury victory. Mm-hmm. Okay. What do you think, Tony? I agree with pretty much everything he said. I, I think... I think that with the time benefiting Wilder, I, I still think he's definitely going to have a chance. I mean, he could come out to a knockout either way, but I definitely wouldn't put him out. I still think there's a potential to put Fury on the ground, but I think, like Ty was saying, I, overall, um, Fury's a better boxer. Yeah. The time is going to be in Wilder's favor. It could go either way. I'd probably lean a little towards Fury winning, but definitely would not put Wilder out of it at all. He's going to be very hungry and dangerous, this fight. He's yeah. a very dangerous right. guy. Right. <laughs> the thing that uh, sort of uh, has me worried was that the Fury jumping around on on and off all these different programs uh, doesn't seem to be taking the fight as serious this time as he did the last time. And I, I wonder if that's not going to work against him in, in more for his favor. Well, you know, one thing about Fury is, is you got to separate fact from fiction. And, you know, he's a guy who who gallivant and play around and show you how fat he is, but then he gets in training camp and gets serious and fine-tunes himself and, you know, usually puts on a, a, a winning performance. Obviously, he's undefeated at this point. Um, so you got to got to take that with a grain of salt. But at the same time, the fact of the matter is, is when Fury has time off, 
that's when he tends to balloon in weight. He tends to be more of a celebrity than a fighter. And then he has to come to camp and get himself back in shape. With that being said, in the 24 rounds, he boxed Wilder. He's probably, well, not even 24, you know, the, he's, he's probably won all but maybe one or all but two rounds against Wilder, you know, in the, in the 17, 18 rounds that they've had together. So with Fury's propensity to kind of lose focus when he's not training and the kind of balloon and weight and, and the results he's had against Wilder, he could very easily be a little overconfident um, taking his training maybe not quite as seriously, seriously as he should. He said something about coming in around 300 pounds and just run over Wilder like a truck. Um, so you just kind of never know with Fury because of his mental stability. But the one thing you do know about Fury is he always shows up game night. He's not like a B.J. Saunders who's kind of goofy outside of the ring. Um, and then in the ring, he's inconsistent. Fury's consistent in the ring. Um, however, Wilder's going to be much hungrier than Fury, and he's going to be extremely dangerous, just like Tony said. You can't count him out at all in this fight. He's got a lot to prove. Um, yeah. So it's going to be very interesting, and it's going to be one of those fights where there might not be a lot of consistent action or you know a lot of ebbs and flows, but it's just going to be extremely tense because you know anything could happen at the drop of a hat. Mm-hmm. Okay. Tony, there's a, um, there's a fight coming up with uh, Jamal Herring and uh, Shakar Stevens. There seems to be a, an awful lot of bad blood right now um, coming from both sides. What's your thoughts on I, I realize I'm trying to sell tickets, but what's your thoughts on uh, this fight? Uh, Shakur, I don't know a lot about the, the – who was the first one? I couldn't hear you because it was – Jamal Herring. Hearing and hearing, uh, I don't know hearing a whole lot, but Shakur Stevens, yeah, they're. Uh, I just I have to say Shakur would probably take that fight. Would be my guess. I don't know they don't like each other, but I don't know a whole lot about the first guy. But so Janelle Herring is, is coming off the uh, the knockout of Carl Frampton. That's the last time you saw Jamal Herring in the ring. Oh, he was the one who stopped Carl Frampton. I knew you would remember that fight. So yeah. now he's fighting Shakur, Shakur Stevenson, the uh, former, you know, Olympic silver medalist, um, you know, who's this undefeated kid, 16-0, and 0, like nine knockouts, and they're fighting for, uh, for a 130-pound unification bout. Um, Shakur Stevenson is going to go in as a slight favorite, but this will by far and away be the toughest test of his career. Um, Jamal Herring obviously is at an all-time high with having defended this title, then knocking out Carl Frampton, the biggest you know name of his career. So it's a very, very interesting fight. The bad blood is not so much as bad blood as these guys are working hard to downplay the good blood. Uh, they they actually know each other quite well, and there's you know there had been a lot of talk about them being able to put their friendship aside. So now they're going out the way to say, well, we're not friends. We just have mutual friends in common, and we've seen each other and trained a couple times together, but we're not friends. So it's not so much as bad blood as they're trying to uh, just kind of hide the good blood because they they are cordial. Uh, But it's a very interesting fight. Um, It's going to be a tactical fight. Uh, Shakur Stevenson is the younger, quicker, faster guy. But Jamal Herring is very tall for the weight, very long for the weight. Um, 
Mm-hmm. And you know, if he if he he said he's getting you know it's getting hard making one thirty, but uh, if he makes one one thirty fine and has no ill effects, it's going to be a very interesting fight. Mm-hmm. You know, another thing is, is, is interesting to me is why in the hell at fifty nine years old is Evander Holyfield taking on Vitor Belfort? He's going to regret it. Oh. You know, he stepped in. He stepped in on like a week and a half notice when mm-hmm. Oscar got sick. He, was, he stepped in, and I'm. I, I was a huge Evander Holyfield fan. He, mm-hmm. you know, at that time was was easily my favorite fighter, easily. Um, and I'm 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 nervous. I'm very nervous. I, like I expect him to get stopped. Um, obviously, he's a better boxer than Vitor. He's a little bit bigger than Vitor. Um, but Vitor is just younger, fresher, and, and the, the one thing Vitor could do in, in MMA was throw quick, fast hands. Um, and, and so I'm very fearful that Holyfield is going to get stopped. Um, it's, it's, you know, but again, we talk about paychecks. And, you know, I don't know if Holyfield is fighting because he needs to or because he wants to, but, you know, if a guy can pass the medicals, it's, you know, it's, it's the prerogative, I guess. It's, it's, it's you know, it's up to him. But to me, it's the prerogative of the commission to uh, not necessarily sanction fights like this. You know, it moved to Florida. It was in California. It moved to Florida because California wasn't going to sanction it. Hmm. Wow. Yeah, you know, Ty versus that Jake Paul and all that BS that's going on with those guys. Like I. I'm interested in Holy. I mean, Holyfield was one of my favorite boxers. Uh, Belfort, you know, he he came out about the same time I did back in the day, and he was known for his hands. I wanted to try to get a piece of him, um, you know, back when we were young, because uh, I had pretty good hands. But uh, uh, I'm yeah, I would pay money for this versus, uh, as I said, any of that Jake Paul BS nonsense. I thought also on the undercard was supposed to be like uh, Ortiz and, and Ortiz, yeah. Yeah. And Ortiz came in like 10 pounds heavy. I don't know. I, I heard yeah. one of them maybe got canceled because of COVID, but it looks like it's going on, so I don't know. I, uh, You know what, man? I, I love, I'd rather, I'd much rather see these legends, Evander Holyfield, the Roy Jones, the Mike Tysons, you know, the Vitor Belfort, the Randy Couture's, Chuck Liddell's. I'd rather see these legends get a paycheck, again, like a legends league. Um, you know, in boxing, in boxing they have what's called the Masters League, right? Which is for older guys who want to box, but their age ranges have to, their age and experience ranges have to be comparable. So to right. me, even though Evander has such a significant experience advantage, and he, he I mean, it's like if you saw the weigh-ins, that dude looks like he's freaking twenty-five. Like he looks awesome. I mean, phenomenal. I Like, I looked at the weigh-ins yesterday, and I went to the gym right afterwards. I was like, fuck, I got to go to the gym. What the hell? Like, this makes no sense. I never go to the gym in the evening. I went to the gym in the evening after I saw the weigh-ins. But my issue is that Vitor is so much younger than Holyfield. Um, you know, Vitor is like 44, which is, again, if, if Vitor was fighting against a 44-year-old, if he was fighting against Stevie Cunningham, I'd be cool with that. Evander Holyfield at, at 58, 59, and elder states, and that, that just worries me. But in complete concordance with what Tony said, not Tony, I'm sorry, with what Bob said, I'd much rather see a Holyfield get a paycheck than a, in a 
don't really get a paycheck than, you know, the millions of dollars that Jake Paul is making. But... I just chimed in. Yeah, other than an internet herpy, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just yeah. I, I, what, what means kids nowadays that don't are, aren't old enough. I mean, you know, huge shout out again and and much respect today to nine eleven and all all that. Uh, yes, you know, my, my heart's in it. Um, you know, and 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 I have trouble with these kids. Not necessarily all of them. You know. But like, uh, you know, kids under twenty that don't understand, you, you know, they're they're going into college and high school and they they don't get it, uh, uh, you know, just like you know, taking over to boxing, you know, the people that are so young they don't appreciate the Holyfields, the 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 um, yeah. Oscar De La Hoyas, the Mike Tyson, you know what I mean? All all the legends, the Randy Couture's. I mean, you know, there's kids now that are in the in the UFC that you know don't know my name and that's that's all good. Like I, you know, I was there in the beginning, so. Uh, <laughs> But you know, the, the, so they don't have that quite that appreciation for um, um, you know the, the the true legends, and then they're putting all their 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 love and and, and money into these newborn twenty year old internet goofballs. You, you know that they're heroes. So it's just it's sad. That was always one of the things that uh, Dr. Chris uh, at uh, I would say in, stuck in his crawl. Uh, in the old days, you used to have to have 60, 70 fights before you got a shot at a championship uh, fight. These new kids get 10 fights in, and already they're ready for a belt. One of the big debates that went on, on in the MMA community this week, and it's funny, Bob, that you brought that point up. One of the huge debates that went on in the MMA community this week was the Khabib versus B.J. Penn, the greatest lightweight of all time debate, um, which is, is very interesting. They both had three title defenses, right? But the funny thing is, is when a lot of people brought up, which I thought was so ludicrous, and you know they were just nothing but younger fans, they brought up, right. well, how could you compare them? Khabib was 29-0. and 0, B.J. Penn was 16-14. and 14. How can you right. compare them? And it's like, dude, prime B.J. Penn fought Lyoto Machida at 205. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he went up and beat Matt Hughes at welterweight. Like, if you want to say who is the greatest lightweight and you want to say Khabib, maybe. Who's the greatest mixed martial artist? Well, maybe B.J.'s a little bit greater pound for pound than Khabib. But the fact that they were using his record as a barometer for his greatness, that means you don't know the context of the record which means just what you're saying. It's not enough people right. are educated about these guys. And that's just it. They don't, they don't, they haven't followed the sport long enough to, to see the yeah. guys that were in the beginning that, that, that popped this thing off. I mean, you know, we were saying this stuff back in the day, you know, uh, 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 you just brought him up, uh, you know, Chuck Liddell versus rampage or something. Well, Chuck Liddell, Ten years ago, or five, you know, when he started versus Rampage, or you know, that would have been a different story. But after you're, you know, you're ten years into the game, and and you're punch drunk because you're getting five ounce gloves in your face because you like to brawl, you know, fight after fight. Well, yeah, you're just not going to bring the same same thing to the table, you know. And so everyone's going to jump on the the new bandwagon, you know. It's that it's like yeah. bringing up, you know, uh, uh, the um, 
what we were just talking about him, Tim Ortiz and Anderson Silva. Like, Ortiz is like the mayor of some town here in ca- California. Like, that's a popularity vote. Like, I'm not sure if it's Huntington Beach, but I know he's from there, you know, so that, that stuff just cracks me up. How does the mayor get back into MMA? Well, you know, he resigned. I mean, <laughs> like, when I say he resigned, I, I mean, he literally resigned because nobody wanted him there. It, it just worked out horribly for him. Um, he, and, you know, he said he's retired from politics now. Yeah. So, I'm sure Huntington Beach will. We're talking about COVID. I'd rather a man fight me in the face than fight me from behind, you know. That's right. We talked about COVID, and uh, uh, I don't know if you guys realize, but there were so many fights that were, were uh, we lost this last uh, month. Uh, because of COVID, Denver David Jeff invaded. Yeah, Oscar yeah. La Hoya, yeah. Uh, Brandon Figueroa, uh, yeah. and there's four others that are, are, have been tested, but uh, they're waiting for the test to come back. Uh, we could lose another another four or five uh, fights this month. And you know, the same thing's been um, happening with the UFC. It's just that because mm-hmm. the UFC has a monopoly on their fighters, they shuffle cards. You know what I mean? They shuffle cards a lot. And so they can, you know, a lot of times maintain the quality of the card. But that's one reason why the UFC has been stacking the cards a little bit more this year is because of COVID. They always, that's one reason why they've been having a lot of alternates because of COVID. So UFC's had lost probably more fights to COVID than boxing. It's just that due to their business model, they're allowed to continue to, the uh, pay-per-view or the event, um, mm-hmm. and just you know, change a headliner, you know, a lot of times. Amanda yeah. Nunez was supposed to fight a few weeks ago right. uh, no. on a card. I forget which card, but Bob was talking about it, and it got yeah. she got COVID or it was COVID on her team, and they just bumped up the co-main event to the main event. I mean, that's just, you know. So boxing doesn't really have that, you know, that kind of template that allows them to do that because, you know, it's the wild, wild west. So, mm-hmm. uh, what, uh, Ty, what do you think if we get Yusik uh, coming up with uh, Joe Joyce? That seems like a, a very tough fight for him. Could be. It, uh, for it, well, it's going to be. A, it's going to be a very tough fight for Usyk. Uh The question is, could it be a tough fight for Joe Joyce? Joe Joyce is a big dude. Uh, Usyk. Tremendous cruiserweight. He's probably going to go down in history as you know, one of the top five cruiserweights of all time, right up there, you know, with Evander Holyfield and Dwight Wade because of what he's accomplished. At heavyweight, he hasn't looked impressive. He didn't look impressive against Chaz Witherspoon. He didn't look tremendously impressive against Derek Chisora. Uh He was a guy who had a lot of knockouts on his record, but he kind of got you out by attrition. Um, you know, he, he's a fleet-footed boxer. He comes out of that Lomachenko camp. In fact, Papa Lomachenko will be training him for his fight. Southpaw, you know, takes those angles. And what he does is he, you know, he starts slow and eventually cranks that volume up on you, you know, and, and puts that pace on you and wears you out and gets guy, he would get guys out of there that way. Um, obviously, he fought Tony Ballou and eventually knocked him out, but the pace was starting to wear on Tony Ballou once he cranked it up. 
to do that against the bigger technically refined Joshua is going to be very difficult. Um, and the reason why I talk about his ability to get stoppages is because what he's shown at heavyweight is not the punching power or the ability to even accumulate the type of damage he did on cruiserweights. And fighting a guy as big as Joshua, if you cannot get him to respect you, it could be a very long night. Um, Joshua has learned to fight at all three levels. Not that he does it great, but he's learned to do so adequately at all three levels. Um, he could keep it long and make Usyk come to him and open Usyk up for counters. Uh, he could take it too. Usyk could put his weight on him. It's going to be a difficult fight for, uh, for Usyk. We will find out how good or great Usyk is contingent upon his performance. Right now, got to lean with the bigger guy just because the, you know, what do they say? A good big guy beats a good little guy. Um, but it doesn't happen if the little guy's great. So uh, that's the only thing left to find out as far as I'm concerned. Okay. And I love Usyk is, is like my favorite, probably my, you know, one of my favorite fighters today. I love the guy. Great. Uh, I would say it's contingent on a couple of things. I would say, one, Anthony's got to bring his mind to the game because if he does what he did with Ruiz, this is, you know, Usyk's going to clean his clock. Ruiz great fighter, got lucky with the shot, however you want to call it, but obviously Joshua's mind wasn't in the game that night, because I don't think he would have lost it, otherwise that was a bad night for him, but uh, Usyk is not one to play around with, I think Ty said it perfect, eh? you, you can't rule him out, you definitely can't rule him out, it could go either way, I personally am kind of leaning, I'm leaning a little bit on the Usyk side, and kind of hoping he uh, they takes it, but uh, it will definitely be a little bit more of an uphill battle, I think. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hey Ty, we got a, um, Ryan Garcia is going to take on uh, JoJo Diaz in the very near future. What's your thoughts on that one? That 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 could be a barn burner. I mean, you know, JoJo Diaz came up and he defeated. Uh, remember, so. It was supposed to be Ryan Garcia versus uh, Fortuna, Javier Fortuna, but that's when Garcia pulled out citing mental health reasons. Jojo Diaz stepped in and beat Fortuna. Um, so that would be a pretty good fight. That would be a very interesting fight. It's an easy enough fight to make. They're both with Golden Boy promotions. Um, the question is, do they want to make that fight? I think it would sell well because of Ryan Garcia's social media popularity. Um, but you got two guys who are at kind of crescendos. They're, you know, both doing well in their career. Golden Boy may not necessarily want to match them up because they may want to take them to lucrative deals uh, the other way. If they were to fight, I got to favor Ryan Garcia because Ryan Garcia is a big kid at 135. He's still young. He's like 23. He's eventually going to go up to 140, maybe 147. He's got the frame. Um, Jojo Diaz is a natural 126er. So, you know, he came up from 126 to 130. He won a title at 130. He moved up to 135 and looked good at 135, but he started his career at 126. Uh, I just think, you know, Ryan Garcia is a younger, uh, bigger, fresher kid, you know, who's just going to be a little too much for, for JoJo. But JoJo, I think, would push him and bring out the best in Garcia. Very fun fight, I think it would be. Very fun fight. Okay. Good. Um, Tony, it was a, a fight uh, uh, two weeks ago where Abdul Adesanya uh, took 17 seconds to uh, 
dispatch Alicia to Chico with one kick to the head. Did you ever see that one? I believe I saw that today, actually. Uh, they were showing a bunch of different uh, stats and different things going on. If it's the one I saw, it was the one where he knocked him out with the one shot, cleaned yeah. him up. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was beautiful. Yeah, he came right that in. That was the hard. The one where he hit him with the shin right dead to head, correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, that was a beautiful shot. You yeah. could even you hear that, that from echoing through the arena. Yeah, yeah I didn't see that. that I didn't see that. Who was it? It was uh, two weeks ago. No. Ty, what do you think about uh, Ennis and DeLone coming up uh, in October? I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. The fight uh, Ennis and DeLone at the home. Oh, oh, uh, yeah, Ennis should beat DeLone. Um, Honestly, I, I think DeLone is a slight step back from uh, Ennis' last competition when he fought uh, Sergey Limpinitz and absolutely ran through Limpinitz. Um, DeLorme is, is, you know, he's a guy who's been around the block for a, a little bit, you know, and he, 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 he tends to fight good enough to lose. Um, you know, he's just, you know, I remember Terrence Crawford outboxed him back in the day, and, you know, he's, he's just one of those guys who, who's just outside the top ten, tends to lose to, you know, the elite opponents he fights, he's going to lose to um, to, to Ennis. It's just a matter of whether Ennis can stop him because um, Ennis has looked pretty, pretty, uh, just like, you know, Virgil Ortiz, he's looked pretty strong um, as one of these welterweight up-and-comers. And a lot of people think that Ennis is going to be the guy who's eventually going to rule the division. Um, so he should be able to just go ahead and take care of DeLorean. Okay. Hey, Bob, what do you think of uh, uh, Marlon Vera versus uh, Frankie Edgar? Uh, it, I think it's next week. Uh, no, I think they got pushed over to uh, 268 as well. Really? Yeah. Um, Frankie Edgar, Marlon Vera, yeah, they're pushed over to uh, UFC 268 as well. But that'll be a good fight. You know, Frankie Edgar's, uh, what is he? Um, twenty-three, nine and one. Uh, Marlon Vera's seventeen and one, but uh, he's undefeated in the UFC showings. So um, that'll be that'll be a, a really good fight putting those guys together. He's on a uh, Edgar's losses. Uh, I think last three, um, dropping him down in the rankings, and Vera's on like a five-win uh, streak. So. Um, but Frankie Edgar's been around a long time. Ring experience is a lot of, uh, uh, has a lot to do with that. So, um, again, uh, real good card. Uh, cancel your plans. Go to Madison Square Gardens. Be there. Be square. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. How about uh, now this one? I know you're going to love uh, Chandler and, uh, and uh, JD. Now, yeah. So, pumped about that. We mentioned that. Same card. Um, that will be uh, phenomenal, and I'm glad uh, Gagey's finally getting a, a shot. You know, he was he was hanging in there, I, I guess number two, because there was stuff going on with Chandler and, and Oliveira. Um, Chan and Chandler lost Oliveira. Oliveira doesn't know. You know, uh, again, you've got uh, Poirier running around with uh, McGregor. Um, uh, so with the money fight, so they came up with the interim or whatever that was. 
Um, just real, real confusing uh, uh, weight divisions. But finally, Gagey's getting a shot at somebody. Um, hopefully, Gagey, my boy, comes up on top of that one. But Chandler's no joke. You know, mm-hmm. he, he's a good fighter, only losing to Oliveira. Um, so uh, that that will be a good test for Justin Gagey to prove that he's going to make his way to the top. I love Justin Gagey. But, you know, like with him and Chandler, that could be one of the most explosive fights you see. Like either one of those guys is, is absolutely capable of detonating a bomb on the other guy's chest. Mm-hmm. Like I, I would be so surprised if that went past two rounds. Um, just because both guys are so explosive. And both guys have shown vulnerability. So yeah. uh man, that's just that's that's really that's like two immovable objects, right? That that's just that's a dynamic fight to, to be yeah. able to witness. I'm just sad it, it took so long to get put together for Gagey, you know, so that, that ring rust, you know. Chandler wasn't sitting around yeah. as long. You know, get get something going in that uh, division. Uh, or just scrape the cream of the cop, all your money fighters, and put them in a different division where they just jump around and fight random people or something. You know what I mean? Let the divisions finish themselves out. Somebody gets popular enough to where they're making all that money and Dana wants to joke around with the division and have him fight for money, then do that. Just get him out of there and let let everyone work their stuff out. But, you know, talking about Gagey and Chandler and right before that, Edgar and, and Vera, in between those fights, the middleweight fight between Sean Strickland and Luke Rockhold, like – this is a fight. This card, if it stays the way together without COVID or whatever, and the way yeah, they play, man. I'll probably lose my voice by the end of the night. There's a lot of oh, yeah. it's, oh. <laughs> you know. Luke Rockhold is coming off what a, a three-year, four-year layoff against a yeah. killer like Sean Strickland, who's just hitting his stride. Like, yeah. Sean Strickland is a killer, and he's just hitting his stride. Luke Rockhold really better use his kicks in his wrestling. Um, yeah. Or else, I mean, because you know his chin. So, uh, that, I'm, that, yeah, I forgot that, about that fight. I'm really looking forward to that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the whole card is just tied. Just, I mean, again, yeah, it's uh, amazing. event is Nama Nunes versus Willie Zhang. I mean, two phenomenal female fighters, you know what I mean? And, and so it, the whole card. And that's like, a rematch. Oh, yeah, yeah. So phenomenal, phenomenal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. You know, you know uh, Ty, uh, Bob Aram has come out and said that he thinks that uh, um, PVC is going is risking an awful lot on this Canelo plant fight, and specifically he's saying that the uh, the lack of Canelo's mobility may be a problem for him against plants. What's your thoughts? I don't think PBC is risking anything because PBC owns plant and they don't own Canelo. Mm-hmm. Most of the world predicts that Canelo is going to be plant. Most of the people just look at plant as a stepping stone to unification. Mm-hmm. PBC and plant have absolutely nothing to lose. However, if Plant were to go ahead and defeat Canelo, then all of a sudden PBC has has the guy who just beat the number one guy in the sport. Mm-hmm. Remember, Canelo has not lost the fight since he fought Floyd Mayweather all those years ago. And that fight he was expected to lose. And that fight people recognized he was green, and it was a learning experience for him. 
to be first of all to be Canelo, and I, I you know, I'm I'm a big fan of Canelo. I love you know his skill set, but to beat Canelo, you have to kind of overwhelmingly beat him. A close fight, Canelo's probably going to get it on the cards. To be honest with you, he gets the benefit of the doubt with the judges. Being honest, right. so for Plant to defeat Canelo, that means the guy who just beat the boxing flag, flagship fighter now belongs mm-hmm. to PBC. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you want to talk about marketing. Caleb Plant is a good-looking white guy who talks well. I mean, articulate, mm-hmm. he, you know, has a little bit of swagger with him, as they say. Mm-hmm. And he's a very marketable guy. He's got a great story, too. He's got mm-hmm. a great story of tragedy and overcoming tragedy. Mm-hmm. Very marketable guy. So, if, I mean, PBC has nothing to lose and everything to gain. Everything. Mm-hmm. All right. The uh, I had one other thing I wanted to ask you here. What, what, what do you? Okay, we always hear a lot of, of uh, naysaying and, and Monday, Monday uh, evening quarterbacks, whatever you want to call it. But where does Gary Russell come off uh, scolding uh, Tank Davis for cherry picking his uh, opponent? He's not the first one to do it. Yeah, you, you know what? It's funny because whether you want to say Tank, tank Cherry picks or not, he's absolutely not the first one to do it. But I think what made it so ironic was Gary Russell saying it. Gary Russell hasn't fought. I mean, he's going on not fighting in two years. He's extremely close to not fighting in two years. Before that, since 2014, he's only fought once a year. Gary Russell's like Christmas. He would just show up every year until <laughs> – you know, he didn't fight last year because of COVID, and he hasn't fought this year. So for a guy that has a title, to, and he's had the title basically since 2014, to fight only once a year and not fight the last two years, you're not the guy who can call somebody a cherry picker. Not at this point. I don't care who you're fighting. You're just not doing it frequently enough. So it was just one of those kind of scratch-my-head comments when I, when I read that. Okay. I don't know why you'd say anything against Tank Davis like that. I mean, the guy's mowing everybody down. The guy's a, just a animal. I mean, say what you want, but the guy's a proven point. So that's enough said right there. Mm-hmm. Okay. I guess our final shot out here would be uh, Oscar Valdez uh, beat uh, Robinson Casillo uh, this week. So that fight happened last night. Oscar Valdez won a very close, some thought controversial decision. I thought he edged it. But what made the fight controversial was that, I don't know, 10 days ago, Oscar Valdez failed a drug test. Mm-hmm. Failed a drug test. Uh, he said it was herbal tea. And the commission <laughs> determined that what was <laughs> that's a new one. But, but, uh, but nonetheless, he was the commission made a decision, and he was allowed to fight. Was not suspended. Was not stripped of the title. I think that is the bigger story, not the fact that he, you know, won. You know, a lot of people thought. Some people thought Confessio won. I, I didn't think so. It was a close fight. Uh, it could have gone either way, but I, you know, I thought Valdez edged it. But the fact of the matter is, is he tested positive for a stimulant, a, a banned stimulant, ten days ago. 
and he was allowed to fight. That is the problem. The other problem, the other big issue with that is he's trained by the Reynosos. The Reynosos also trained Canelo Alvarez, who not so long ago tested positive for tainted meat. Valdez makes the third fighter from that particular stable who has tested positive for a banned substance. So all of a sudden, the sport, you know, I mean, kind of have a microscope on Team Canelo, not really Team Canelo, but Team Reynoso and the fighters associated with Eddie Reynoso. Uh, great trainer, nonetheless. Um, not once, twice, but three fi- three fighters in one stable have tested positive for banned substance. So you know, it's, it 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 raises eyebrows. But again, I think the most egregious thing is that he tested positive ten days ago and was still allowed to fight without any kind of uh, repercussions. So, but yeah, he he won the fight last night. Reminds me of our last job. He was like, uh, you know, the, you failed your drug test. You know, you said you had a, uh, there was poppy seeds in your bagel. Like, that doesn't explain the, the performance-enhancing drugs, the cocaine, the heroin. Well, it was an everything bagel, you, you know. <laughs> yeah. Poor, poor fellas, you know that's that's funny. Tea and bagels, that's 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 the way they go about it nowadays. Yeah, yeah Paul, if you're listening, and I fail my drug test tomorrow, it was the, the green tea. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, we're just up against our hour here, and uh, I want to thank everybody for coming on. Tony, it was great to talk to you. Uh, thank I'll you. Be to talk to you later on uh, tomorrow. Uh, I've got a couple things I want to ask you. Uh, Bob, I appreciate everything you do. It's always great to have you on the, on the show, and uh, you're always well prepared. And Ty, we couldn't do it without you. Uh, just your your walking knowledge, you're like people walking encyclopedia of boxing. So we really appreciate that. So, uh, Tony, you want to lead us out? Yeah, another great show, and definitely missed Bob and Ty last week and Vito and everybody for sure. That was uh, was a little different two of us on like that, but uh, mm-hmm. you guys definitely encyclopedias for the sport, for sure. But uh, thank you to uh, all the men and women, law enforcement, military, and uh, my condolences to all the family members that lost someone in 9-11. I can't believe it's been 20 years today already. That just seems like yesterday when I was just working a call on the road and that whole thing happened, and it just it's crazy. But uh, it's... Uh, 20 years, and I think there's still a little bit more here. We're going to learn here soon from it. But. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Yep. Bob? Yeah, I always wish we could all come together back when we did uh, 20 years ago for September 12th, you know what I mean, as a nation. And, and uh, let's remember those uh, fallen heroes and stuff like that. And, uh, uh, you know, God bless anybody in the U-form doing, doing uh, what, what needs to be done. Uh, uh, on the on the uh, uh, MMA side, I want to throw a shout out to our friend Jason Mayhem Miller, the old uh, Mayhem oh, for the people that guess. remember him. Yep. Notably, yeah. notably, bully beatdown. There's the only cool thing the dude ever did was track down bullies on TV and beat them up. But you know he's <laughs> back in jail, arrested for domestic violence. So you keep yeah. up the good work, Mayhem. Uh, <laughs> you know, wait a wait, you wait a wait a use I good love for Mayhem. <laughs> so, all right, God bless everyone. You too. I'd like to throw out one more thing too to check out the new 
website, fightingwordsradionetwork.live. I was trying to put together for you guys as a tribute for you doing the 19 years of this broadcast. And thank you again for having me on. Anything I can do to help you guys out, I always will. It's awesome. Thank you. Ty, you want to go? Tony, Bob, Butch, it was great being on with you guys. Missed talking to you guys these last couple of weeks. Definitely want to send our prayers out to all the fallen from the tragedy of 911 and the subsequent tragedies, as Butch said, that occurred because of what happened that day. And definitely a prayer out to our service members on this day. Bob is our co-pilot. Coach Mel's watching over us. Dr. Chris keeps us laughing. Everyone, stay safe and please remember always. We're going to have, uh, have Bernard Hopkins on next week. Bernard was uh, um, doing something with um, 911 in Philadelphia today. Uh, but I talked to him earlier, and uh, he's going to be on uh, next week, along with uh, uh, Dr. Chris's son, uh, Dr. Lance Panarella. Um Ladies and gentlemen, these programs are brought to you each and every night of the week. In grateful appreciation. The men and women of the United States Armed Forces and the men and women of police and fire services. And the men and women in the hospitals, uh, first responders, and the, the grocery people. Uh, we appreciate each and everything that they do. When you're out there and you see somebody in uniform, please, please acknowledge them. These are very tough times for everybody in uniform. These programs are also dedicated to those who lost their lives in the line of duty. Deputy Robert Anthony Carroll, Patrolman Jeffrey Colcap, Sergeant Thomas Bakinger, excuse me, Officer David uh, Curtis, Sergeant Thomas Banger, uh, Officer Jeffrey Yazowitz, Detective Randy Bell, Detective Ricky Childers, San Diego Officer Mike Handler, Lieutenant Mike Zerba, Newcastle County Police, Chief Jimmy Ford, Wilmington Fire Department, Chief um, Howard Winfrey, uh, Chester Police, Police Department, uh, Lieutenant Joyce Craig Lewis, Philadelphia Fire Department, Deputy Chief Mike Godwin, Philadelphia Fire Department, Sergeant uh, Chris Levake, Hillsborough County Sheriff's Department, Deputy Mike Malik, Parnell's County Sheriff's Department, Captain uh, Matt Letourneau, Philadelphia Fire Department, Deputy Abel Rodriguez, Pisco County Sheriff's Department, Sergeant James O'Connor, Philadelphia Police Department, and all the, those who lost their lives in 911. We appreciate everything you've done. We appreciate everything your family has done. There's no way we can do anything but keep you and you and your thoughts, our thoughts and our prayers, always in our hearts. Never forget. Never get it. We got to use it. Tonight we're going to change our music on our way out.
love. We love you and we miss you. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. 